From Love and Radio, you're listening to The Secrets Hotline at 929Secrets. I'm Nick Vanderkolk. My secret is that my best friend told me one of his secrets, and I've had to keep it for my whole life. When he was in college, he was very upset with the breakup with his girlfriend. He became very obsessed with her, that she was dating someone else, and he used to he used to sneak in by her window at night of her apartment and watch her with her new boyfriend. He witnessed their first time together, having sex together. He told me because he needed to tell somebody and they ended up getting married, his ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend. and. I just feel really weird and really, I don't know. I think it's been kind of a burden holding that secret inside. Sometimes when I think about it, I just think about how gross it feels that someone I know who's married to somebody, you think that your first time together is, you know, something special. And especially if you're married and you stay together that that's something only shared between the two of you and that it's just weird that I know that my friend was there sneaking around for uh, weeks and watching them. You know, I, re- I really loved my best friend and I think at the time he was just just really kind of not in a good headspace and I also think that like you know, I don't you know that kind of like peeping tom type of activity is really kind of weird and off-putting to think about but it also like i think kind of at the end like helps him get over her because you can't sink any lower than that to uh just really intrude on someone's personal life but uh yeah um feels good getting this off my chest. My secret is that there's this boy that I hooked up with probably like six months ago. And despite having basically no contact with him since then, I cannot stop thinking about him. And I drive through his neighborhood sometimes just randomly. And um, no one really knows that I'm still so obsessed with this person. Hi Nick, um, I wanted to get in touch with a secret that I haven't told anyone. It's a happy one for a change. <laughs> I wanted to share with you and all your listeners that after about a year of conversation and soul searching, that my wife and I have agreed to open up our marriage. And our marriage has been open for about eight or nine months now. And it's working absolutely brilliantly and we're both incredibly happy. So I, um, my wife and I had lots of conversations around it because she has recently identified as being asexual uh, or grey sexual, kind of on the spectrum of being asexual. And that's led to some conflict between us because 
uh, we had a mismatch in libidos, a mismatch in um, interest in sex more generally. Um, but she is the absolute most amazing person I've ever met. And I wasn't willing to throw in a really successful marriage and a happy family just for that. So she's allowed me to uh, explore my sexuality and sexual experiences with other people. I've got a regular friend who I see and we've been exploring the kink community together, which has been absolutely amazing. And our marriage is stronger than it ever was. I wanted to share this with people because I feel like a lot of the times you hear about open marriages or open relationships in the context of it kind of falling apart or in relationships where they were never right to begin with and it's the kind of step towards the end. But that's not the case here. And I've, I've met a lot of ethically non-monogamous people in the last year or so since my marriage has been open and it works for a lot of people. So yeah, I just wanted to let people know about it and just to say don't judge other people's relationships or other people's sex lives. You really don't know what's going on. Anyway, keep up the good work. Bye. I guess this is kind of a weird call. I don't really know what to say, but um, I get Chick-fil-A like probably once a week. And my partner loves it. I love it. And my parents like fully, fully hate Chick-fil-A because like they're against the gays, like all that sort of stuff. Like my whole gay community is really against it. If anybody knew, I feel like they would think of me differently, but I don't know. In my thought process, I'm like, well, is it really going to make that much of a difference if I don't eat this, <laughs> this like fairly mid, but kind of good chicken? I just don't give a fuck. Like, honestly, I'm I at the point where I'm like, all the corporate like bullshit about, oh, we don't support the gays or we do support the gays. I'm like, no, you're all just capitalist fucks. So why not lean into that? And accept the system that I'm part of and just eat my fucking chicken in peace. Hi, Derek. Um, can I get a 12-pound nugget as a meal with a large Coke and a large fry? Um, and can I get buffalo and Chick-fil-A with that? Tienes algún secreto que nos quieras contar? The Secrets Hotline ya tiene su versión en español. Se llama Canal Confidente y estamos recibiendo secretos desde ya. Visita canalconfidente.org y cuéntanos lo que estás ocultando. Hi, my secret is kind of silly. It's my first time calling, so I'm going to start small. But I like to smell my floss after every single swipe. Sometimes I'll go like an extra day or two not flossing just so I can get a good bad smell. Yeah, I don't know, maybe a lot of people do that, but I haven't talked about it before. Thanks, bye. I constantly and pervasively think that I'm a bad person 
Anytime I've ever done something nice, I feel like I have an ulterior motive. I recently found a wallet and at a bar and I was with a friend and I gave it to the bartender, but I think if I'd been alone, there's a possibility I would have just kept it. During the pandemic, got really sick of living in the city and bought some property out in the middle of nowhere. I just felt like I needed to get away from congestion and people and just kind of live a more honest life uh, out on the land. I used to be a lot more outgoing and engaged in community, and now I'm just kind of isolated out here. You know, it is great. There's a lot of perks to being out here, but I am just isolated and vulnerable, and I thought that I was some badass outdoorsman-type guy, and it's just not me. I'm not good at this sort of thing. Next time you see a guy in all Carhartt with a big beard, looking grizzled in a pickup truck, just know he's probably an anxious, scared guy. At least I am. Why scream into the void when you can scream into a podcast instead? Call the Secrets Hotline at 929-SECRETS or visit secretshotline.org. Hey, Secrets Hotline. This is the guy who called and is now routinely calling the Secrets Hotline in order to keep his Google voice phone number alive. It's a midsummer holiday today here, so happy midsummer. Put a crown of flowers on your head and drink a lot of schnapps. And I'll call you again probably in August when we're having the end of summer celebrations and we're eating lots of crayfish and drinking lots of schnapps. Hey, this message goes out to the girl that was talking about her bad experience on her heroic dose of mushrooms. That is not fucking shit to play around with. I don't give a fuck that it's natural. She said she felt like she was possessed by demons. And I just want to say, oh, your feelings are totally valid and... You know, I'm sorry that your trip went very badly. It's definitely a powerful medicine, but from someone who's been depressed most of my life and who has done mushrooms in a clinical setting with a therapist in the proper way that you're supposed to do them, I've gotten a tremendous amount of help. For anyone who's questioning whether or not they should do it, if you want to take that leap and do it, go for it. But do it in a professional setting so that you don't have a terrifying experience or potentially make things worse. The medicine works. You just need to do it safely. That's all. Thanks. I'm actually calling in response to the caller that left a message from last week about the suicide line and um, how the greeting pissed them off. Suicide hotline, can I help you? I think first of all, I should say I'm glad you're feeling better. I am a crisis worker on a suicide line. And I just wanted to let people know that a lot of that is things that we're trained to do. Um, We are literally trained to say, at least at my job, I'm a crisis counselor, how can I help? It's a business. I wish it was more personalized. I have a lot of concerns about it sometimes, but I mean, truthfully, we're trained that way, and sometimes people are eavesdropping on the line for quality assurance to make sure you're saying it correctly. And I just hope that even though I think when people reach out and they're that desperate, they should be a little bit selfish and be focused on themselves because that's what matters. But 
I also sometimes hope that people remember that there is a person on the other end of that line. The work is grueling. I have seen it chew people up and spit them out. We've had workers go on break and end their lives. And it's, it's real. The work is taxing. You know, we hear everything. We have people call in about the deaths of their children or sexual assault or mass shootings and their suicidal thoughts. We have people calling in just to abuse us. We have people calling in to masturbate on the line. It's pretty much nonstop. The pay isn't great, so we have to work a lot. Burnout is is real. (laughs) And so at the end of the day, I think it's a great thing. Um, I'm glad people do call. I really am. And um, I hope that if it makes anybody feel better, I, I try really hard to be present as a person. And I, I like to imagine myself as kind of taking all of that grief and, and stress. And I just go and I, I like to think I'm burning it off at the end of the day. I'll go work out or go for a run and just feel it kind of dissipate into nothing. I hope that maybe brings comfort to somebody or at least some understanding as to why we say, I'm a crisis counselor, how can I help? But also Mr. Rogers is pretty badass too. So if that helps you, go to that. Yeah, that was all. Thank you. That's it for the standard edition of The Secrets Hotline for now. For Patreon members and Apple Podcast subscribers, extra secrets are coming at you at the end of these credits. Of course, you can leave your own secret by leaving a message at secretshotline.org or by calling 929-SECRETS. If you want voice alteration, please leave a message on the website. It's easier for me to change your voice that way. Of course, as always, if you change your mind for whatever reason, just call back within 24 hours and I won't publish your call. And if you can, find a quiet place to record and don't use a speakerphone or hands-free device when you do so. The quality of the call is much better when you don't. This episode featured the music of Jimmy Bean and Q Shop. I have links for you in the show notes. Our end theme is by Stephen Jackson. Secrets Hotline is a labor of love and radio and made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. Thank you. If you want to help keep the show going and get access to special ad-free extended episodes with extra secrets, you can become a member too at loveandradio.org slash member. Or if you listen in Apple Podcasts, just subscribe right in the app. I'm Nicholas Sardine, Punch Punch Vanderkolk. Thank you for listening.